Hello, and welcome to the Kind Life Podcast with me, Claudia. This is a podcast dedicated to those who want to live a kinder life. In each episode, I'll bring you thoughts, reflections, and lessons to inspire you to live the kindest life possible. We'll talk everything from relationships to nourishing our bodies and movement, business, and even buying property. This space is dedicated to the dreamers who know that you can't have success without a little kindness. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome to today's episode. So this is all about my kind of productivity tips, mindset, and things that are going to help you essentially harness the time that you have to do the things that you want. So if you're anything like me, you feel like you have more things to do than time that you have. You also feel like the pressure when you aren't doing those things that are on your to-do list or in your emails or whatever it is that you feel that you need to do. You kind of feel guilty for not doing them. So we're going to bust through that today and I hope that this is useful for you. These are some things that I am currently working on. So I just want it to be clear with all of the episodes that I am not here standing on my little pedestal saying to you, like, I know everything and here's how it's done. I am learning alongside you. This is like a friendly, friend to friend, shoulder to shoulder. This is my situation. This is what I'm learning rather than you needing to go and do all of the courses, spend all of the money, read all of the books that I'm spending doing reading. not in that order. You can just listen to me and I'll share with you what I'm learning. So one of the big things, and I want this to be at the start, is mindset around productivity. If you work in some sort of corporate setting, if you work for the government, if you work uh, for a bigger organizational company, so if you don't work for yourself, essentially what happens is you're trading your time for money, right? So usually the more time you spend there working, the more money you make. Yeah, so if or unless you have certain ADO agreements and things like that. But, you know, if you're a part time employee, obviously you make a little less in that role than a full time employee does. And that's just sort of how how the world works. What I want you and myself as well to wrap our heads around is that this trading time for money. And okay, so if I put in a nine hour day, which is pretty standard nine to five, that's what most people work or a variation of that. Uh, that that equals success and that equals productivity. So if I do any less than those nine hours, I am not as productive. The issue with this is that we can, and I've done this before, you maybe haven't, but When you have a lot of time to do something, you can stretch out that thing for that length of time. So let's say you're given a task or a project at work and you're given two hours to do it, let's say, and that's somebody else dictating that time to you. You'll take usually the full two hours to do that. If you're given 30 minutes to do that same task, you'll take the full 30 minutes to do that task. If you're given 15, you'll take the full 15. You won't, for most of us, we won't have a task that has two hours attached to it and we'll do it in 15 minutes, even though it potentially could be done in 15 minutes. So this is this kind of idea that within certain settings, productivity does not equal time put in. And I'm going to say that again. Productivity does not equal time put in. So what I'm really struggling with at the moment, because I have come from a corporate background or a corporate setting where you work a certain amount of hours, and that means that, you know, you're successful and you've done a good job. When I 
get a lot of stuff done and it takes me maybe five hours when we've said that or I've said that a standard working day is nine hours. So I've got four hours left. I feel guilty that I'm not spending those four hours doing something. And that doing something may just be fluffing around for four hours. But for whatever reason, well, I know the reason, but we are sort of being conditioned to see the more time that we spend, even if it's not actually achieving anything, even if we're just sitting there at a desk looking at a computer screen, that that is more valuable for a company that we work for than if... We do an hour's worth of work. We do everything that we would have done in our full day. And then we head on home or we go to our appointments or we actually like live our lives outside of work. And so this is a mindset shift that I'm really working on at the moment. um, And it's releasing that guilt of it doesn't need to take the full amount of time to do the task. If the task gets done, fantastic. And a full work day does not have to equal nine hours or eight hours or seven and a quarter hours, whatever it is that is there. Obviously, if you've got a contractual agreement, then it does. But for those of us who maybe work for ourselves or who work from home, just know that your success and that your productivity, it doesn't need to look like seven and a quarter, eight, nine hours worth of stuff, of time dedicated, especially if that time is not moving forward, not moving the needle and you're just kind of doing busy work and not really getting anywhere. Like you can sit at your desk and, you know, get some inspo for some social media posts, let's say, if you're in an industry like mine. Let's say that takes an hour because you go and then you go through, you know, a rabbit hole and a rabbit hole and then all of a sudden you're five pages deep on somebody else's account. Now, that wasn't as productive as, let's say, spending 10 minutes actually creating a social media post, putting it up and advertising whatever event or product or sale or service that you have. So even though you spent an hour on your phone kind of doing something, you would have been better off spending 10 minutes actually doing something, actually achieving something, and then resting for the next 50 minutes or going to the beach or, you know, watching a movie or doing whatever else because it's essentially the same. So that's my number one thing is is the mindset around it. I think we really, really need to shift how we see work hours and what that means in terms of success. And I'm a bit disappointed, to be honest, with I'm hearing a lot of companies who are sort of forgetting that COVID was a thing and that working from home is a thing. And now everybody needs to go back to, you know, the office or to their workplace or whatever. And obviously there's certain workplaces where you need to physically be there, but there's certain others or maybe even some days where you could do that same work from home or from a different location and achieve the same outcomes while also maybe maintaining a better work-life balance because you can get on top of some housework while you're also doing all of that work, while you're on a phone call, while you're, you know, on a Zoom meeting or something like that. Maybe you can chuck on a lot of washing. And I don't see why we need to be chained to a desk for X amount of hours. And then once we've ticked that off, that equals a productive, successful day. For me, I would much rather do the work in less time and then get to enjoy the rest of my time reading out in the sunshine, teaching classes, which is what I love to do, rather than filling up my time doing all of the tasks that I don't like so much. So that's number one. The mindset is huge. That is a big thing. I'm still working on that. Like I said, I still feel quite guilty for not spending a whole lot of time doing things on certain days. 
Okay, so the next thing, another little tip, especially if you work from home, for two weeks, try to do a really comprehensive log of all of your time. So don't add in anything, but just think when you start your work day, even actually, even if you work for a company, especially if it's one where you get to sort of dictate your time a little more, you know, see what it is that you actually spend your time doing. So from, you know, eight, I get into the office, eight till 8.30, I talk to all of my co-workers and make coffee. Okay, so there's half an hour that I'm not actually doing anything. (laughs) And I could have maybe stopped for a coffee and gotten it somewhere else. And then from 8.30 to 9.30, let's say I check emails and I reply to them, but then I get sidetracked and somebody begs for my attention and then, you know, I get thrown off task and it actually takes me two hours. So now it's 10.30. But if I could have just spent 15 minutes, I would have gotten through all of those emails. I would have checked what it is that I need to do this week or next week or, you know, next month. And so I did that recently and it kind of blew my mind because it actually showed me how much time I do put in to things. And so it seems like I don't because my days are really flexible. I start early in the mornings and then, you know, I do something a little later in the mid morning and then I kind of have breakfast and lunch and I do that sort of slowly and then I work a lot on my computer and then um, most days I'm then teaching one or two classes in the evening. And so my, my work day is scattered in and around my personal life. And for me, you know, that is harder to see than just from nine to five. I'm at my physical work location when I'm moving around to a lot of different places, to studio, to corporate, uh, to our corporate clients, to private clients and so on and so forth. It's very tricky to actually see what is work and what is not work. And so that really helped me to actually now start to release some of that guilt from my first tip. And I've seen that, oh, actually I am working like 12 to 14 hours. So how can I, how can I now minimize that a little bit? Because that's too much. It's too much. So that's tip number two for you. Do like do a really comprehensive audit of your time. If you work with other people, just see if there's any ways that you can maybe give something to someone else. So do you need to, let's say, reply to certain emails, especially if they're the same kinds of ones coming in all of the time? Uh, is there a way that you could maybe have an auto email or something like that that answers frequently asked questions in your workplace or in your business? Um, just something that then you don't have to spend the time time saying that response because it'll already go out. Even little things like that cut my time down dramatically. And when I get a lot of questions or a lot of emails, it's usually emails and DMs of the same nature. I figure out, well, where is this slipping through the cracks and how can I go and fill up those cracks? So do I need to, you know, post about it again? Do I need to um, make it really clear on the website? Do I need to add it into that frequently asked questions that comes out in my auto email response and so on? Now, my third tip, my third and final tip, this episode is going to be kind of short today, I hope, is that done is better than perfect. And I dare say that if you're listening to this podcast, you're quite like me. And what that means is that we're always striving for perfectionism, you and I. And perfectionism is just, it's just so debilitating. It is so counterproductive to be chasing perfect at home, at work, in your own self, in your looks, in your body, but especially in your work because perfect doesn't exist. And the more that we can understand that, the more that we can be okay with imperfect 
Yeah. And so what I learned early on in having my business is that done is better than perfect. I can always go back and fix something up and change, you know, the system or uh, the portal or the software that I use and I can just get it up now rather than waiting until it's perfect to launch the thing, to do the thing, you know, to send off that email rather than me needing to reread it a million times to check for spelling and punctuation, you know, little errors. I know that there's issues in in my emails that I send out, my newsletters that I send out to my clients and everyone at the studio every single week. But I just go through, I write it and then I send it. I make sure that the links work. Usually they do. Sometimes they still don't. And then I send it. And then that's it. I don't need to read through it five times, nitpicking, going, oh, you know, I've kind of changed tense a little bit, especially for something like that, that is really informal, that is kind of a a candid chat to the people who are willing to read it. But there's a lot of things that I've done that I've just gone, all right, I'm just going to do it, get it out there. Our Pilates teacher training was one. The bar teacher training is a little more refined than that. But the Pilates teacher training, like it was a monster piece. I had to do it. I had a time. We were running really, really behind schedule with the graphics and then with the printing of the manuals and so it just needed to be done and if there were missing full stops somewhere and if you know certain headings were not headings and then others were like I can fix that up later but the content needs to be done it needs to be in people's hands and then we can move ahead and next time it will be better and next time it will be better and next time it will be better. There's also oftentimes when you do the thing, you don't go back and fix it ever again because you're moving on. You know, you'll you'll create the next thing or you'll do the next thing or you realize that it's that it's really actually quite good as it is. I think that this pursuit of perfectionism is just so, like I said, so debilitating and it often means that we don't launch ideas. So I will let you know something. I launched an online yoga and Pilates studio at the very start of the COVID-19 pandemic in Australia. So in, I think it was March, April, actually, actually today, as I record this, I got, I got a notification on Facebook saying that I, you know, two years ago today, so it was late March, two years ago today, I was working my absolute bottom off very late in the evening to create a membership portal um, that I had no idea how to do, that I had to code and add into the website and it was a mess and then put all of the videos in and then upload them, download them, you know, let them process all of that sort of stuff. I had to figure all of that out, film the videos. I had to figure it all out. And that was two years ago today. But I think maybe three years prior to that, I wanted to launch an online yoga and Pilates studio. But I never did because I was worried that it wasn't going to look great and that it wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be, that the backdrop that I could film and record regularly wasn't, you know, super pretty, super aesthetic. And so I didn't. And so for three years then, that means that I lost three years essentially. And I could have slept that night two years ago on the dot. I could have actually slept (laughs) rather than rather than working my bottom off. So I would have already had it in place had I not been so concerned about it not being perfect. So my little gift or my little idea, my little ideas to you this week is to one, check in with your mind. What does a successful productive day look to me? 
And if it looks like a certain amount of hours, can you try to shift that to maybe lives touched or lives impacted or people connected with? I know in my job as a speech pathologist, there would be, you know, five kind of touch points throughout the day. So that would equal a successful day. So it didn't matter really how long that took you. You know, if you could see five students at the school or if you could have five, you know, larger scale meetings or something like that, that was a rough sort of guideline of you doing your work. And it wasn't spend nine hours doing nothing. It was do these five things, see these five people or more. If you can get more in, fantastic, but at least five. And then that's that's a successful day. So maybe it can be, you know, write two pages of this project or this plan or this book, whatever it is that you're doing. Maybe that's a successful day. Maybe research something. My tip number two is if you can, if it's available, try to audit your time. And for me, I got out like a spreadsheet and then I just popped in everything and then it kind of populated stuff. I broke it down into categories and then I started to then distill that into further smaller categories again. And like I said, this was just so supportive for me because it did start to strip away some of that guilt. And I only finished this last week. So it's a very new thing that I've done. On a side note, if you do do a lot of emails in your work or in your business, something that could be nice is to figure out, so kind of audit your emails and figure out what sort of emails are you getting. I also did an audit of all of my emails too, and I categorized every email that came in and I just said, oh my, you know, are there things that I can unsubscribe from because I don't need these anymore and they're just adding to the overwhelm when I open up my inbox and I see 25. Is it actually 25 emails that need an action, that need a response and that need something almost immediately? Or is it, you know, maybe four things like that and 21 emails that are just spam and crap and I can, you know, either delete, not get at all or open and save for later if I need to read them sort of thing. So then from there, I categorized all of my emails and I started to just draw Um, I created some more templates. So there were a few that it was essentially the same thing coming in from some of our clients. So I created some templates that way it doesn't take me as long to reply to them next time to answer that same question. It is an individual question, but it can be tailored and modified to them. And so that's what I did. So I just thought that might be useful for you. And then my third tip, I'm going to actually add in one more after this. My third tip is to really, really see if you can, and I know it's so hard, but see if you can just become a little more okay with things not being perfect. And so that might be a practice of maybe you get out a book and you start to draw and the drawing is not perfect. Let's say you draw a flower or it's wobbly and the colors you chose don't really quite go together in your eye, but you're not too sure why. I'm just drawing from experience as well here but you kind of do it anyway. And you just realize that, okay, but that flower is okay. That drawing is okay. It's not bad. It's not fantastic. It's a flower that I've drawn. And the more that we can kind of practice that, you know, what I do a lot is I try not to get so cranky and frustrated when our house is not really tidy. And this has been an ongoing sort of long-term thing for me. It sort of goes the other way a little bit now because I'm not home, like I say, um, to tidy and clean the house as much as I'd like. But if I can just look at the stuff and go, okay, the house is a little messy right now. Are we going to die? No. Is everything still mostly able to be found, like the important things? Yes. Okay, then it's a non-issue and we'll just schedule some time to tidy it back up, you know, this weekend or on Monday night or whatever it is. 
Now, my fourth extra tip that I just thought of for you is if you have something on, uh, if you have maybe something that's really important where you want to spend all of your time there. So for example, my personal practice is really important to me. My meditation, my physical asana practice is really important to me. Often because I'm meditating and because I am doing some movement, I get a lot of great ideas because I don't have a phone in front of me. I'm not scrolling Instagram. I'm not filling up my time and my mental space with crap. And so ideas come in. When ideas and even like little trigger sort of ideas or reminders, I should say like, oh, you haven't texted that person. You haven't emailed this person back. You know, you've got to remember to do this or that task. So even little things like that, even little reminders, they kind of pop up. What I have now, and it sounds really simple, but but if you can actually have a physical, for me, a physical place, it makes this so much easier to stick to. I have a I've got two books, but I'll just talk to you about one. One that just says biz brain dump. So this is everything related to my business from, okay, this person said something to me in class that they wanted me to check their account. I told them to email me because that's the easiest way that we can ensure it'll get done. They haven't emailed me yet. So I'm going to follow up because I've just remembered it. I don't want to stop meditating or stop my yoga practice. I'm going to jot it down in my biz brain dump book. And then I'm going to move on with my asana or with my meditation practice or whatever it is, you know, being with my friend or being with my husband and so on and so forth. I don't need to go in and do that thing just because I've thought about it. And I know that some of you would be the same, you know, when you think of something, you don't want it to leave your brain. And so you do it, but that means that you take your attention away from the task that you were doing, especially for me, especially if that is something that is like for you, if that's something that is enjoyable for you, that is nourishing for you, that is filling up your own cup, it's even more stealing from you when you then go, oh, you know, I've got to reply to that person. I'll just pull out my phone and I'll just text them. Then your little morning that you set up for yourself is all done. It's really bad when you're there and let's say you're working on a project and then you find that you're now in emails and then more emails come in and you're replying and replying and replying. And it's been now an hour since you were working on the project that that is what you are actually doing for that time. So that's what happens to me often. It doesn't happen anymore now that I have this little notebook and I just go, oh, you've got to text this person. You've got to reply to that person. You've got to organize this, got to organize that. It's in the book. I'll get to it in my next time when I look through all of those things. And they're kind of like to-dos, I guess. Some of those things, they're just little reminders of things to be done, but then also more, you know, bigger ideas, changes to be made, you know, little moments of inspiration. I put them down again because I don't want to lose them. And I know that I'll flick through that book from start to finish to make sure that I'm just staying on top of the ideas that come up, but also the reminders and the to do's too. So I hope that that's useful for you. I hope that that maybe just gives you a way to shift your mindset a little bit. And next week, we're going to chat on yoga philosophy again. But before we do, before we wrap up, I just wanted to let you know, especially for those of you who are at the studio, that we are running a retreat in July, which is across the Cairns show holiday weekend. And I am so incredibly excited about this retreat because I have wanted to do a retreat at this time of year now for two years and then COVID foiled my plans. So the retreat bookings are up and running now. I think we we only have 12, oh no, 10 spaces. We only have 10 spaces available. It's not 12 anymore. 
10 spaces available. Two of them are gone or they're pending. The finances just need to go through. So that brings us down to eight. There are twin share and single rooms as well. And I've tried to make it as affordable as possible, but also in a stunning location that is really beautiful. We have our early bird price that is available until their very end of April. So you essentially only have just over a month to lock in your deposit and that'll secure the early bird rate for you. And then you need to pay the balance before the 30th of April. It's going to be so much fun. So it's three days, it's two nights, it's in Port Douglas, but like in town Port Douglas, it's not too far away. And yeah, I'm just super excited to do this retreat and to actually make this a thing. It's going to be mostly about movement. We're going to do some sort of wellness chats, which will be similar to what I talk about on the podcast, but a little more tailored to the people who are there. If you have any questions, you can always send me an email at hello at kindstudio.com.au. Otherwise, if you head to kindstudio.com.au and then you just go to the retreats tab, then you can see the retreat, the current one that's up and running, and then you can book your retreat as well. And that'll just take your deposit too, which is not too much of a lump up front. And then we can chat more about how you'd like to how you'd like to sort out the remainder. So I'm so excited for that. It's going to be beautiful weather because it'll be July up in stunning port and we're going to go to the markets on the Sunday and it's just going to be like like a little field trip for beautiful people. (laughs) So that's all I have for you today. I now have just over an hour to relax after my big day. I've been working on, alrighty, I'll tell you another little secret before I go. As a lot of you have guessed or do know, we're doing a yoga teacher training this year and I've been working on the monster that is the content for the yoga teacher training. So as it stands right now, I've added 10 pages to it today. It's sitting at 164 pages of notes and that is not even my comprehensive anatomy in there and that has not got any of the asana and the instructions, the cueing and all of that for all of the asana. So that is, that's a lot. We've gone through the history of yoga, the philosophy of yoga. Um, We've got asana, pranayama, bandhas and mudras to do. And then we've gone through some mantra. We've got meditation in there and we've got yoga lifestyle and then all teaching methodology and practice and so on. And it's huge, but it's been really filling me up to work on this one. And I've done this off the back of the bar teacher training. And that one was so much fun to put together The manual looks incredible and I can't wait to see what Anna, our graphic designer, does with the yoga one because like it's it's literally going to be a textbook. Like we'll need to figure out a different way to print it because it's going to be huge. So there you go, a little spoiler alert. I will chat to you in the next episode. I probably shouldn't have told you that, but anyway, bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you can find more ways to be kinder to yourself, to others and to the planet. If you could leave a review, that would mean the world to me. That would also let me know what you love, what you'd like to hear more about or to delve into more next time. And if you subscribe to this podcast, then you'll be the first to know when new or special episodes are launched as well. You can find me on Instagram. My name is Claudia Richardson and there's a dot and an underscore after that. You can also find my studio, which is kind.studio on Instagram, kindstudio on Facebook, and you can head to our website, kindstudio, all with a Y in there, .com.au. 
And then if you head to crinestudio.com.au slash podcast, then all of the show notes are there as well with any links or special offers that we talk about in each episode. Until next time, bye.